push to shout. 97, we're back. Uh, it's been a while, Skippy. It's good to see you yes, again. Yes. It's been almost a month, which I think is the longest we've gone since starting this without doing an episode. Yeah, it's a, a holiday break, a bye week, a confluence of various illnesses of the mind and body. But we are back, and I have the intro from last month that didn't fucking work. So let's see. Cool. Let's see if this works. Ooh. And it didn't. So welcome back. After. Yeah, I switched over to um, OBS Studio version, which is all sleek and new and has scene transitions and stuff. Um, but. Had to iron out some kinks. As you call them, they call you when they need some trees for the blunt to cheese for the front. Just talk about some video games. How about that? Um, it's been a while, so probably a lot of video games to talk about. I know I have one that I definitely want to revisit. I do, yeah. Like sometimes we don't even put anything on our show notes. We just ignore them completely. He has fucking like. Four levels deep outline of subpoints of subpoints of subpoints. Because I, I thought I would forget otherwise, or it would be a mess. And I also, yeah, so the game I'm talking about is Dishonored 2. I guess I'll just talk about that now. I went back and revisited it after not shitting on it when we discussed it on the podcast, but I wasn't a fan. And um, I, I wasn't a fan for a few reasons. And all of those had been addressed just by sticking with it just a little longer. And I'm really glad it turned out that way because it's shaping up to be one of my favorite games of the year. Um, at the start, the game holds your hand like a lot. There's a tutorial, which is optional, separate from the story. And um, no one should ever do that. It's horrible. It's um, the most handholdy. This is what you press at this time tutorial. It's kind of set in the story, but just ignore it completely. Um, look, if you have to learn how to play, just Google the controls. It'll be a much less miserable experience. I also didn't like the voice acting. Um, that never really changed, I guess. Emily Caldwin's character is wooden the whole way through, and the outsider we already talked about, his voice just sucks. It's awful, and it ruins one of the best characters in the game. All right, speaking of voices, I, we got to do some audio troubleshooting live. Do we? Motherfucker. Okay. I've, I've lowered my noise suppression. Do I sound louder to you? Uh, okay. I'm just I'm gonna just, turn my mic down. How's that? I just turned noise suppression off. I guess uh, I turned. Oh, you know what? I'll turn you up and mumble. I'll turn you up and mumble. I'll fix I guess, this. I guess that'll work. Say something. Hi. Test. 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 Hello. This is the Push It Out podcast. Doing okay. Great. 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 So All you right. can hear Skippy now, slightly louder, over his webcam mic. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I'm having mic problems. Just don't worry about it. Anyway, we never do. About too. Okay, so uh, the story is kind of lame and silly, and that also never really changes. But it kind of embraces how stupid it all is, and it winds up working really well by the end. Um, and one thing that irritated the hell out of me—that they actually had to patch. So that was not like a matter of sticking with it. Um, lean controls. It was so that you would press Q or E to like lean left and right around corners. And it was like this weird toggle where you would press it and then you would be like stuck leaning to the side. And I, we mentioned this that, or I mentioned it, 
it wasn't always clear when you were leaning because after a certain amount of time you would go back to like being upright and it was hard to tell if you were leaning and if you needed to like quickly duck behind a corner you couldn't because you had to like toggle back to the center and it just really sucked to play and it, it ran like ass so those were like my problems with it at first but uh it turned me around like 180 degrees starting with the level design like that is where the game has clearly blown the original out of the water and it's probably got the best level design of the year including dark souls 3 um the levels are extremely dense and vertical and they're they're big they're very very big without just being long expanses of nothing so uh like right after that first level where you're escaping the the tower after your throne's been taken that first like little escape there's some branching paths but it's a pretty straightforward level the second level where you get to the new continent where the rest of the game takes place it is really just incredible what they do with with that space um there's like just taking one example you're trying to get to like a carriage to go to this like insane asylum place and so before that you need to get to the carriage that takes you there you need to cut through these different districts of the city and you can do that by like going through a house that's been infected with these blood flies so there's nests like caked all in the doors and you had to sneak by you can throw a body down so that they'll like attack that instead or you can sneak through like this gang territory or you can like go through the canal and loop up through like the overseer's abbey which is like this religious kind is of that, like presented to you as like all right here's your branching path no no um and so it's pretty natural definitely and i noticed because i'm now doing like my second playthrough there was a completely different entrance that you can come into, like, one of the main city streets that I didn't even know was valid. I thought you kind of had to come through this way, that even though there were these paths, they would all kind of spit out roughly in the same place. Now you can come out on the other side, and then you can choose to cut through, or you can go over, because that's another thing with how vertical these levels are. Stuff that you would expect to just be, like, skybox or decoration inaccessible is completely accessible in this game. If you see a roof that looks like, okay, physically it should be possible to get up there, you can probably go there. Like, the places you can't go are clearly indicated by just being obviously too high to access. Like, uh, if there's a massive apartment that goes up 50 feet in the air or something, where there's no way you could possibly jump up there even with teleportation, you're not going to go there. But if there's any viable path up, you can take it. And I found that to be basically exceptionless throughout the whole game. It's really, really well designed. Um, that's, that's cool. I have a. This is kind of. This is going to break off your outline a little bit. Uh, that's fine. Would you have to? I'm kind of interested in Dishonored too. I'll probably wait for it to go on sale or something like that. Do you think that you have to play Dishonored one or no Dishonored one story to have any idea what's going on in two? No, you definitely don't have to play the first one. Um, okay. I, I like the first one a lot and. The first one, it's probably even easier to recommend because it's like $3 right now and also really, yeah. really good. I own it, and I've played some hours of it. I just never got into it. Yeah, okay. you, don't, you don't have to play it to understand. Um, it's just kind of almost the same story conceit as the first game where the throne has been taken from you and you got to claim it back. You've been dishonored, as the title Ooh. says. And you need to set things straight. 
And so that's how this one starts. Maybe this was just uh, a result of the characters in the first game not being all that memorable, but the story I thought was just this lame random villain coming in and taking her throne in this. Actually, she was in the DLC of the first game and was the main antagonist of it. I don't know how I forgot that. Maybe it just wasn't all that. The protagonist of the DLC, who's voiced by um, Michael Madsen, was way more memorable than the villain. But it's the same villain, and it makes a lot more sense. It really is like a direct continuation of the DLC, not the main game. And it is kind of treated that way, where it doesn't expect everybody to have played that. But you yeah. do find these connections that make it better. Sure. Um, but yeah, overall, it's not like... It does directly continue the story, but it's not uh, dependent on knowledge of the first one's story. Uh... Okay. Did you finish it? I did finish it, and I'm like halfway through my second playthrough. I, I'm really oh, liking so you it. Switched characters and did that deal. Yeah, yeah. So they also patched in, along with fixing the lean controls, so that you can t uh, hold to lean, which is so much more natural. Uh, they also added in a new game plus mode with that patch, so you get to like oh. mix and match the powers of the two different characters on your second playthrough. Yeah, and, uh, that seems like something that maybe they should have launched with, but I understand why they didn't. Like, I mean, that shouldn't be a priority, I guess. Um, that's really cool that they patched that in that quickly, though. They f still, for some reason, haven't patched in Mission Select, which is really that's odd. Uh, yeah, that was ar already in the first game to start. It's very strange for it to be without that. But I wouldn't necessarily expect it of a game like that. Like, I don't know, a lot of those kinds of games, it's just you save it. Like, I feel like Mission Select is kind of a... a, a a thing in the past a little bit like i don't see a lot of games do mission select unless they're specifically like mission mission designed kind of game not but that's kind of what this is which oh, is what is makes it, it so much more yeah so uh i guess we'll talk about this now this game has some really fantastic gimmick levels that they kind of like the word gimmick is a little misleading because it's generally used to talk about something that is like superficially good or engaging but there are two levels in particular that really just take one little gameplay twist and idea and they just push it as far as it can go and they do it amazingly. The first I want to talk about... Yeah, they, yeah showed, about. they showed little glimpses of both, but yeah. they didn't reveal everything they were going to do with it, which I appreciated. Um, the first was the Clockwork Mansion, which was shown off in that very, very first trailer. <clears throat> where it's a house where all the pieces, the walls, the floors, the ceilings, the chandeliers, everything moves and swivels and becomes... Every room has a completely different state it can cycle into, and there's like an underbelly of the house where all these moving parts are actually working. Oh, it kind of awesome. reminds... Yeah, it reminded me of Portal 1, where at yeah. the end you get to go like behind the scenes and see how the facility works. It's exactly like that, but on a much smaller and more detailed scale, where you can like see exactly how this machine works and exploit it if you were killing people which i wasn't on my first playthrough you can like lure people down hallways and then like transform the house to get them like trapped in places and it's uh it's really really cool, that is um, cool. so that is an extremely open and interesting level but the the one that really steals the show of the entire game is the mission crack in the slab and that's the the house with two different states of time yeah, that you can switch that's, between that's the one that i was really impressed with when they did with and it's like and it's more impressive than it, it even looked uh it, it is honestly incredible what they, what they do with that level they take all your powers away you can't use any of your powers when you're in 
this level. All you can do is switch between time periods and use your gadgets. And it's really awesome. Everything about it is well considered. It's like, okay, we've got this one mechanic that you can do a whole lot with. We're going to restrict the scale so it's only on this one level so that we can do everything we want with it. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Um, there's little little side stories that aren't even that, you know, they're not like moving stories. They're just little anecdotes that you can change the, the consequences of slightly. Like, for example, in the past, somebody found like a dead dog and they tried to get like the janitor to dispose of it or something. But it turns out it was like infected with that blood fly larva. And because something bad happens on that night in the past, nobody takes care of it by the end. So in the present, that whole room is like caked with hives and yeah. is completely inaccessible. Then you can go back in time, incinerate the body, and you go back to the future and it's all completely clear. Or in the past, there are these guys repairing a window and they never get to finish their work. Or sorry, no, they do finish their work at the end of the, the day. But if you choke them out and stop them from doing that, then in the present, the window's still broken and you can get to the other side of it. That's great. Yeah, and that whole level is that way. And then the, yeah. the gameplay of it is just as good as the little moments like that. Like, the feeling of being in the past and there being a hallway full of guards that you can't get past because you have no powers and just line of sight, there's no way through. You can pick up a bottle throw it at the end of the hall, the guards will be distracted by it, they'll run to it, you flip to the present, just walk to the other side of the hallway, and go back to the past, and then they're all distracted. Yeah. It's, it's a really well-made level. They pushed that as far as they could, and uh, it, it really is the show stealer. And that's why I think a mission select would have been like essential, because I just want to play that level again and again, but I can't. Someone in chat mentioned that that's apparently something that, funny enough, Titanfall 2 also did, kind of a similar concept. I've, I've heard of this where, like, everyone talks about, and I, I've kind of intentionally avoided spoiling it for myself because I figure I'm probably going to play Titanfall 2 sometime next year. And uh, apparently there's a part in the story mission where, like, everyone talks about it. It's like this big thing that they're like, holy shit, that was really cool. And it's something to do with, like, portals or, and that kind of thing. Um, I really need to check out Titanfall 2. They need to put that game on sale. They will put that game on sale. But uh, anyway, go keep I, I had no idea that there was anything in Titanfall 2 that Dude, was a Titanfall standout. single player is supposed to be, like, one of the best... If it weren't for Doom, by far away the best single player FPS in a while. I might have to um, play it then. Apparently Doom just kind of stole the single player glory out of it. And people like the multiplayer too, but it's still... I mean, it's that fast-paced Call of Duty style stuff that isn't for everyone. But, uh... Yeah, apparently it's really good. Uh, yeah, I'll have to add it to my, my list of many things to play then. But um, yeah, so that that's about all there is to say about level design because it's hard to communicate that kind of thing without actually feeling it as you play to notice those little, little uh, escapes off the beaten path that you can exploit. Um, but there there is a lot to exploit just in the engine. It, it feels like the most... Metal Gear Solid 5-like game besides Metal Gear Solid 5, where they... The biggest problem with the gameplay of the first one is that if you were playing non-lethally, you had basically no options. You could teleport, and you could choke people out or shoot them with a sleeping dart. This time, they added a whole host of non-lethal powers, or 
there aren't necessarily non-lethal powers, but they're powers with multiple uses, some of which are non-lethal. Like, Emily has this, I don't even know what to call it, a void spirit. It's like this weird shifting mass of, like, these black shards of something, and they're clearly from that void dimension that the outsider's from, and they'll mesmerize people. Like, they'll just kind of be absorbed by it, and just they won't be able to see it or focus on anything else. So you can kind of plot that down, and people will start looking at it, and then you can sneak on by. Or you can use um, the domino thing, where you link people up together, and then you choke one of them out, and they all, right. they all fall down. Yeah, so there's a lot more options for non-lethal play. And then the AI has been improved substantially, too. Um, it's still not, like... There really hasn't been perfect stealth AI ever, but this is probably the best I've seen. Um... Because there, there's a lot of dimensions to it. If you open a window or a door that's not supposed to be open, the enemies will remark on it, and then they'll start looking for you. Like, they'll say, that, that's, who left that door open? And they'll look through the room. Or if you throw an object, like a breakable glass, in front of their line of sight, they won't look at where it lands. They'll look at where it was thrown from. That's nice. So, yeah, it's, in a lot of ways, some of the coolest stealth AI, but it's... It's hard to say something like that because it does show it's kind of weird and not all there in other ways. Like, they'll barely ever look up, but I kind of understand why that's the case. Or sometimes they'll feel like they see you and they shouldn't. So, yeah, not perfect, but very, very, very good. I feel like with stealth games, it's it's a matter of not necessarily being realistic, but making you feel like... Uh it's an approximation of reality, you know, where it's like, well, I'm above him and people don't look up very often. So it kind of makes sense, even though in real life, like I'm only 10 feet above the right. He's, yeah. and he'd be able to see me. But like, you don't think of it as like, well, this is unrealistic. You think of it as I'm above him. So he can't see me period. And, 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 and that's fine. I, I, you can't make it, you can't make a realistic stealth game. That's fun. It's just not possible. <laughs> That's true. Um, as far as I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I think uh, the happy medium in this game is the hard difficulty mode. On medium, it feels like they really are kind of oblivious still. Uh, but very hard, it feels like excessive how yeah. easily they're able to see you. The first game, it was just completely broken. Very hard, they were still just blind mongoloids who could never... I mean, that they did a lot of damage, but it wasn't like making the stealth harder this time they actually do ramp the stealth up as you ramp the difficulty up but i think it's not totally well balanced i think hard is that that perfect goldilocks point uh someone mentioned in the chat deus ex mankind divided as being similar genre kind of kind of not uh they, they liked it a little bit better they said and uh i played probably six to eight hours of Mankind Divided, and I liked those six to eight hours, and then I just kind of stopped playing. I think something else came out that I wanted to play and, and just never got back around to it. That's kind of the same thing that happened to me with, uh, with uh, uh, what was the other one? Human, whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I never finished that game. I got I, like I six, eight hours in. But I got about halfway through. I got to... The part where it kind of transitions to China and like, that's same stop. point, same point. Yeah, it's a good stopping point where like, even though you're liking the game and you want to play more of it, you feel like you're at a stopping point, and then you start playing something else and you never go back. 
Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what's happened to me with Mankind Divided. Is like I kind of reached a little bit of a stopping point, and uh, and I haven't gone back, but I know I will. Uh, I I like that game, but it is so. First of all, it's so similar to Human Revolution. That's what it was. So similar to Human Revolution, um, and also doesn't excel in the same ways that Human Revolution excels in, where it, it does improve some gameplay stuff that's very important. But as far as the stuff that I liked a lot about Human Revolution, primarily like the atmosphere and the sense of dread and the just the overall theme and how they portray that artistically doesn't come across in Mankind Divided at all. It just doesn't have that that feel that Human Revolution had. And um, maybe it would help if they put a yellow filter over everything. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but it, it 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 just doesn't have that. That really good, catchy. This is this is what our game is about. Feel to it. It's very. It feels very. Feels like I'm still setting up the story in the game, and maybe I am still setting up the story. But like I played it for too long for that to still be happening. Um, and and so that's a little. Meh, but, I uh, did buy that game. Uh, I got pretty tipsy on Christmas Eve, and uh, I I didn't even remember buying it. And I saw my Steam receipts in my email the next day, and I was like, full price? "No, yeah." So I saw that I bought Mankind Divided. I'm like, "Oh shit, why did I do that?" And then I checked my receipt, and I got it for twenty bucks. And I was like, "Uh, oh, you know what? I price. I probably would have done that sober too." That's um, a better. That's that's a better price than I would think they would even put it out right now, um, because it is a it, it's a very good game, uh, and and and. I'm gonna finish that thing eventually, probably. Yeah, from what you're describing, it seems like an easy twenty dollar purchase. Easily, yeah. Um, and apparently, I mean, it it sounds very similar to Dishonored for obvious reasons. And uh, I would say Deus Ex has a little more of like, well, no, I, I would say it's very similar to Dishonored in that it is a stealth action power fantasy game where you have the ability to do a lot of crazy shit and be kind of creative in how they, and how you uh accomplish your goals and and that's what it does well and um I, I just wish i wish the story aspect was a lot stronger um and i have some problems with like the hub world which is kind of neat it's like this really really small section of prog like it's not a very large hub world uh but it is really well done i don't know if it's interesting but uh, it's not like Detroit, where you had again that feeling of dread, and China, ah. where you had all this like you had China was this fucking amazing place where they built a city literally on top of another city, and there was like the class disparity between them, and and when you were under the city, it was always dark, and you look up and see this huge structure that was so cool, and and Prague doesn't have any of that shit. Uh, it's very underwhelming. The one thing Prague has is a very cool building that's like. I think they call it like the slab or something. I don't know, but it it like comes out and over this huge river, um, and doesn't have any supports. It's just this big like it looks like it's floating in the air, but it's got support on one side, and it's a very cool looking structure. But then you see it in game, and they did the old trick that I I've always hated. It's always bothered me in games where they make a miniature in the game engine, where you can tell it's not actually far away. It's a lot. Oh, a skybox, than it yeah. Was. Yeah, and so you move, and it moves way more than it should. Oh, and like, okay. It's like, what the fuck? That thing's like not at all as big as it should be. I, 
that's such a weird mistake to be making in 2016. Like, I, I guess most people don't notice it, but it bothers the shit out of me. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Halo 1 was the first game I noticed that was doing that with the Halo ring. Because you're in the spaceship, and you're flying towards the Halo ring, and if you move left and right, it's just, like, right out there. It's, like, 100 <laughs> feet away, uh, which is just really, ugh, it bothers the shit out of me. But uh, Oh, yeah, uh, before I forget, because we're on Skyboxes, uh, Dishonored 2 Skyboxes are really nice. They mm-hmm. They have like hundreds of individual apartments modeled out and you know they're miniatures they look like miniatures but they're pretty accurate with the scale of it all and it feels like you're moving in a pretty like straight path around this island so you you go to the places that you're seeing and you can see them off in the distance then you can see the other places you've been there are like some landmarks that you can kind of situate yourself with they handle that stuff pretty well and then more generally the design of the environment and the world is not that like weird hybrid ripoff of Half-Life 2's City 17 that the yeah. first one was. It is a, a definitely more unique place. It's, it's like it's more like gameplay trailer. Yeah, it's like a kind of Spanish Italian coast place. It really yeah, does. That, that game is one of the best looking games of the year. Like, it looks fucking great. Yeah, yeah. They patched it to run better, but it's still very, very demanding. And that's because there's so much stuff in it. But um, after upgrading to a 1070 recently, I was able to do it at um, at 2K resolution with, with no hitches. And it looks honestly incredible. Um, and, and then just the artistic design of it too is it's not all that way. There's like a palace that's almost like this weird super modern looking piece of architecture with like clean angles and like these wood that it it's very very cool very well designed game it feels like it was made by pros who really care about how it was put together so i recommend that game very very highly completely turned me around on it just by playing it a little more all right um i have some video games to talk about too first one more one more audio technical thing i can hear myself very quietly in your headphones again all right quietly um now i can't I, it might just be when you're talking or making noise. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I've played, I played a lot of games. I'll go over the games that I've come back to first, which is uh, Rainbow Six Siege had an update uh, where they added a Japan. You're you're on top of a skyscraper that has like a very Japanese looking like kind of garden and building in it. And I, I when I heard it was on a skyscraper, I was really excited because the whole like, one of the main things you do in that game is, like, repel down walls and break through windows, and I was thinking you'd be able to do that inside a skyscraper, but it's not that. It's it's all just on top of the skyscraper. But whatever. It's a, It seems like a good enough map. Um, they added some characters and stuff, and, and the reason I bring it up is just because I wanted to mention people defend the hell out of Rainbow Six Siege. Like, it's got a very dedicated fan base of people who are saying, like, well, it's actually good. I know it launched, and it kind of had a, some issues at launch, but they've, they've, they've been good with their updates, and, and now it's a good game, and to some extent, they're right. I, I, I defend that game, too, as being like a really interesting, unique game that, that's pretty good and that has some issues. But, um, but there are some things that I've seen people say about that game that are false, and I want to correct the record. False in no way. Number one, people keep saying, <clears throat> uh, yes, they, they, you have to pay for new characters. They're DLC characters that you have to unlock with either money or in-game currency. And they, I've seen tons of people online saying, 
it's it's fairly balanced that the currency the in-game currency you can earn fast enough that you don't have to pay for the characters it is false i played that game for 65 hours and just unlocked my first dlc character and there's like six oh, or eight of them and you've never played uh or you never paid for them no and um because i refuse <laughs> and I, I don't i've already spent too much money on that broken ass game uh and now granted those 65 hours most of those were spent unlocking like scopes and stuff like that for your characters which i'm fine with those are fairly priced but i wanted to unlock everything for all the characters i have because i like to use a lot of different characters and so i was spending all my money on that for most of the time and only recently started saving up enough to actually buy a dlc character and it just doesn't feel fair there's twenty-five thousand points to buy the characters and like a scope is like somewhere between 250 and 350 if that gives you any indication of like how fucking expensive those characters are um it, how much do you have to pay to just get everything i'm not sure they probably released a bundle that's pretty reasonable it's probably what you would expect I, i'm not sure though because i haven't even looked at the prices because i don't even consider paying again i don't want to pay money for that broken ass game where half the updates they've made have been pointless like fucking they added basically hats for your characters and skins for the guns like they're just they're they're trying to make that game a csgo and it's fuck that but um speaking of csgo i played some of that they updated very minor updates but they updated csgo well there was a major update they they updated inferno i don't know really if you're, yeah you're yeah that's like inferno a classic in, one yeah uh i stopped right before I think they made some major changes to Nuke. I haven't seen yeah, what those Nuke, are either. Nuke they updated, and I, I liked the changes they make, made to Nuke. The, what they've done with both of those levels is if they've made them brighter, so like it's much easier to see people, um, and they've made them simpler looking, I guess. like Everything has been kind of smoothed and more like clean looking. Uh, and then they changed some very like important... Like in Nuke, I think we talked about this maybe. In Nuke, you, know, you go up on Marshmallow, and then you jump down onto... Uh, the hut thing, whatever that is. And and then you can like go in the back entrance of B kind of, or A, I don't remember. It's A. Oh, uh, so you can like go to the catwalk from the terrorist side? Yeah, now, now you can jump up on that catwalk and go all the way around to heaven instead of having to go through the main doors. Uh, okay, that and, makes sense. Yeah, Inferno doesn't have any changes that drastic, but like for, for the banana to B, you know, there's all those columns. They took out the columns. Um, they kind of straightened that a lot, where now it's like kind of a completely different area now. It, it feels very different. Uh, and they've, they've made some other changes, but, but mostly they just changed, changed the look of Inferno. Um, and then they, they, they changed the sound design and kind of fucked it up for like a couple of days and then had to, to patch it. They said they fucked it up accidentally, and I don't understand how that happens, but like they wanted to make it so that it's easier to hear stuff going on around on the map and like, where which direction it's coming from and i guess they did some really highly technical stuff like involving you know which ear hears stuff first and that kind of thing to uh to update that stuff but but what ended up happening is everything sounded really muffled like you were wearing earplugs or something and everyone thought that that was how it was supposed to be and they were saying well at least you can tell where things are more easily but then a couple of days later they're like no no it's not supposed to be that way and they patched it um and now it sounds more normal but Oh, and they've changed gun sounds since you played too. Like the I saw that. Yeah, I went amazing. back and played like a couple games of casual. I think with you, right? Probably. And it everything sounds different. 
Yeah, they changed like every single gun to sound, I think. Uh, the shotguns sound really, really good, and the op sounds really, really and the pistols sound good too. Um, I a don't couple like things the, sound the weird. Like the, yep. Both of those yeah. specifically stood out to me as being yeah. strange. Not a fan of those, but it uh, would take whatever. me some time to like relearn what to listen for. I think if I actually really got back into that game, which I don't plan to, um, I don't. Yeah, it, a lot of being able to tell what you're facing comes from the sounds the enemy's yeah. guns make. So uh, it's actually, I guess it'd I be just a learning curve. To identify the sounds now, like which guns are which. I, I've never really had that much trouble with it before or anything, but like I think to a newcomer the sounds will be more distinct now um, and also just okay. more realistic sounding. Like, like as much as, as iconic as the AK sound used to be, I, like I can hear it in my head very clearly what the AK sounds like. It didn't really sound that much like a gun. Like, I don't know. Their sounds weren't great in, in, in Go. Um, so I, I'm not mad at them for updating that. It's just different, so everyone hates it. But uh, anyway, what else did I do? I came back to Elite Dangerous to play it in VR. Quite a few things in VR. Uh, I've I've got to fuck up. I've got to fuck with with Elite Dangerous before I really play it though, because it, it requires some tweaking to get it to. I get, the frame rate isn't where I want it to be, and the resolution is kind of weird in a way that should be able to be fixed. And so I don't have much to say about Elite Dangerous. But similar to Elite Dangerous is um, House of the Dying Sun. Have you heard of that one? No. Yeah. Great name, first of all, for a video game. Uh, it is a uh, space dogfighting game, basically. Uh, kind of an artsy design, almost like a very. It's like overly sim- simplified. Like it doesn't quite look real, but it's. It looks. House good. of the Dying Sun. House of the Dying Sun. Uh, and the concept of the game, I love the style of the game, basically, where like, so you, you launch up the game, and it. It flashes up like five messages, just white on black, and it says, it says something like, "The king is dead. Uh, a false king sits on the throne. The, the emperor is dead. A false king sits on the throne." Um, and then, it, and then it says like he's he's sent out his minions to to retake the the kingdoms, purge purge his allies or something like that. I, it uses these like. Like Warhammer uh, kind of terminology and stuff, and, and apparently you are a a member of a faction of the Emperor who has been usurped. Basically, he's uh, there's been a coup of some sort, and you're trying to fight back against the coup. I guess you call them traitors, and uh, it has a very it's a brutal psych feeling game. It's really hard to describe this without just showing someone just like, no, here's what I mean. Like by the, here's how the sound design and everything works towards like this kind of brutal feeling. Um, but the concept of the game, it's very short. Uh, it's, it probably takes like four hours to get through playing at a very reasonable, just slow pace. Um, but uh, the concept of the game is like you go on these individual missions and you warp in, and you have like a primary objective and a secondary objective, and you have to do those objectives without your your fighter spaceship thing dying. And you also have like allies, like you have another fighter with you, and then you build up kind of a group of uh, like freighters and stuff like that that come, that warp in with you, and that you can uh, kind of give directions to and stuff. And you can also switch between the fighters, but one of them has to be alive for you to complete the mission. 
Um, and do those you, persist between levels? Like, yes, you it doesn't matter if they die. Uh, as oh. long as you're alive, you complete the mission. But um, which kind of means that you can just do like these all-out attacks, where it's just like, no, everyone just fuck this one guy up, even if you're gonna die doing it. Um, which is fun. But uh, but the missions last usually. They're as short as, I would say, like two minutes, and as long as maybe six minutes. Like, they're very short. You just go in, blow a bunch of shit up, and then warp out. And, uh, and if you don't do it fast enough, the enemy, uh, like, like, flagship will warp in, and, and it's like an oh. aircraft carrier, so it, like, launches all these fighters, and it's just got all these, like, really powerful weapons and, like, missiles and stuff, and you can fight it. But you're probably gonna lose because it's really, really powerful, and it's it's so cool because like you'll be you'll be doing your mission and you'll be taking too long, and the guy will come over your radio and be like, uh, "Enemy, enemy flagship, warping in," and and then it has like a countdown, and it's like counts down from 15 seconds, and it shows you where it's gonna warp in, and you can see like their portal open, and then if you and if you get to zero seconds, it just goes boom, and it comes in and just starts launching missiles and shit, and you have to warp out, and it takes like a good like. 10 seconds to like charge up your little warp drive or whatever and you have to be facing in the same direction so you can't dodge stuff so if you take too long you're fucked and um it's i love that game i really 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 love it it's uh it's just got this awesome style to it like you'd have to look up someone playing a mission in that game because the sound design and everything just work together to, to create a very distinct feeling in that game and it's almost like it's a simple almost arcadey Light, like dogfight game but it feels like you're actually piloting like a complicated piece of equipment because there's all these like sounds and stuff going on that like it makes you feel like you're actually doing it uh and the vr support really cool. is legit yeah vr support okay. is very good um it's that must it's, be very cool <laughs> it's really 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 cool i i really enjoyed it um and uh boy i played some other stuff uh I'll, I'll go with VR first. Uh, Thumper. I heard a lot of buzz about Thumper. And um, I have mixed feelings about Thumper. I'm playing it in VR because why not? It, it has VR support, but I, it doesn't feel like VR really adds much to it. Um, you're getting the same perspective that you get watching on a screen, and there's nothing to see around you. So you're just facing forward the whole time anyway. So what happens if you look left and right? It's just, it's just kind of blackness. Like, it's just a void. There's just nothing to see. There's just nothing there. Um, like, it doesn't black off your vision or anything. It's just, there's nothing. And, uh, and that game, it's a rhythm game. And it's almost a one-button rhythm game. Because you're basically just pressing A. Uh, and then you're using the left thumbstick to either, like, okay, press A when you hit this thing and press the left thumbstick up and you'll fly. And then press the left thumbstick down, and you'll slam back down, and you have to do it, you know, to the beat or whatever. Yeah, uh, I I played it for a couple minutes um, at a GameStop actually. So mm-hmm. like I get the print. I wasn't totally into it, but I don't know. Maybe you had a different take. It I don't I don't know. It, I don't think it feels good for a rhythm game. It doesn't feel as good as nearly as good as it should. The the whole left thumbstick stuff isn't the kind of um the kind of like 
interaction that I want with a rhythm game because it doesn't feel like you're you're doing it on the beat. Like I can hold the right, right thumbstick down in anticipation of doing a right turn, and then you can try to time it where you press A right when you get there, and it'll give you bonus points, but it's not required. So you can just hold the right thumbstick in A, and you'll go around the corner. And it coincides with the music, but the feeling doesn't. And so that just doesn't click at all with me. And there's some things about it that feel like they're more like annoyances and stuff. Like eventually it opens up into multiple lanes. And sometimes it'll send these, I guess, like enemies almost down the lanes that you have to avoid. And they, they technically match up with the rhythm. But again, like you can avoid them off beat. You know, and so it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like you're moving with the beat, and and that sucks. It just doesn't it doesn't really click with me. I'm pro- I'm gonna keep playing it. I want to see where it goes from here. It's interesting that like each level kind of builds up this this like the beat gets gets kind of more complicated each level. I've heard that the time signature might even coincide with the number of the level, but uh, I what don't I know, was... man. It's not a very good rhythm game. What I noticed while playing is that you didn't have to actually hit stuff on beat. No. Like, uh, if maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but there'll be like a section in front of you where you need to hold the button down or around the corner, and you can start holding it down or changing the stick before you hit it. Exactly. And, I, yeah, it's almost like ideally you'll be wanting to react correctly early enough so that you're, you're not and- missing. And the that... game's at its the game's at its best when it's complicated enough that you are having to do it on beat because like oh it'll do right left right left right left or it'll go like right and then there's a little button thing that you have to press and then left and then another button thing that you have to press and so it's fast paced enough that you don't have the chance to anticipate that stuff but it still just doesn't it never feels as good as a good rhythm game feels like I kept thinking of Guitar Hero. And because the things that you hit are kind of similar to the Guitar Hero things, they look the same, and just how visceral Guitar Hero felt. And, like, you could almost say Guitar Hero has a similar thing where, like, oh, you hold down the frets, and you can hold them down however you want. You just have to be holding the right one. But there's still a moment of action that you have to trigger at the exact right beat. Yeah, And, and Thumper isn't that way. And there's a whole lot of holding down the A button, even... That, this is actually the thing that probably annoys me even more, is the fact that I'd say most of the things that you do in that game right now require you to be holding down the button. And then it'll throw one of those little beat markers at you that you have to press the button on. And so you have to let go of the button and then press it, and then potentially hold down the button again. And that doesn't it doesn't allow you to get that feeling of being on the beat again, like, cause you have to let go and then press and it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. I, I, I think they kind of fucked that game up. Like I just, I want Ooh. something completely different from that. It just doesn't feel like a good rhythm game. I, th- I think the only people, I think you, the only way that you can really, really like Thumper. And I mean, I'm, I don't think it's a bad game. I just think they fucked it up. Um, but I think, but people are really, really into Thumper. Like people really love it. And I feel like it's not possible to love that game if you've also played Rhythm Heaven or Rhythm Doctor or Guitar Hero. It just doesn't feel as good as it should. Um, yeah, there. I'm kind of disappointed actually that I haven't found many rhythm games that are like that. Like Rhythm Doctor is the only Rhythm Heaven-like game 
that is like mechanically just as good as those where it's yeah. a very simple rhythmic motion there are lots of games where you're inputting detailed series of commands to match up with a song or something i mean guitar hero i loved i loved guitar hero and i it, still yep. would enjoy playing that that's that's um, true i would need to get like a new guitar though and hook it up yeah. which alone is a big enough barrier for me that i, I won't but uh if they it, made well they know. made a new guitar hero they did they yeah. did i tried that one out at a store and um it's it feels very odd they tried yeah. to reinvent it by having these two rows instead of six I, I like that they tried something new i would like to try it i feel like it's one of those things that but i think i feel like it's one of those things that you have to put 10 hours into to really feel yeah. whether it's better or worse um but yeah i don't know they came out with a new rock band too but i was never a rock band guy um i liked rock band but it was never as fun for some reason as Guitar Hero. It, it was more serious and like clinical. Like all the the notes were not those fun little buttons. They were changed into these yeah. shimmery bars, and I don't know. It just felt more like you were doing what you were told rather than rocking out. Yeah, I mean, Guitar Hero felt like a toy, and it yeah. was a toy, and that's fine. And and I feel like they're kind of trying to they tried to stray away from that I guess and, and no I mean it, it's a toy have the colors and everything but anyway um, someone someone in chat said I need to, to try it with the keyboard and I will try that and I, I I do think the more complicated it gets probably the more satisfying it is like the first like two and a half three levels which are long like thirty minutes each probably uh, are way too easy and simple to be fun. I guess they're trying to tutorialize, but it takes way too long. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I'm disappointed in Thumper. The The visual design, as cool as it is, it, it seems very one note. I haven't seen anything more interesting than I saw in the first five minutes of that game. Like, I saw the whole game is what I feel like when, when I played the first five minutes. So, <sighs> I don't know. I Just with the, with the way people were talking about Thumper, I was really excited for it. And so it's kind of a disappointment. Um, that might be. Oh yeah, and I I I dove back into Google Earth VR for a little while. Um, I figured out how to turn off. It's got a comfort mode, and so when you move, yeah, when you move or resize yourself or anything like that in in Google Earth VR, the edges of your screen, the edges of your your peripheral, go gray whenever you're moving, and then they come back, and it's kind of jarring like at first you're like uh, you get used to it a little bit but it's very noticeable because it, it constricts your view to pretty narrow and uh i i didn't realize that that was a comfort mode i i, I suspected that but i wasn't sure but i turned off comfort mode and i can see why it's enabled it's interesting that it works as well as it does because i never had any problem moving around in google earth no matter how fast i'm going or anything and then right when I turned off comfort mode and I moved a little bit, it was like, Ooh. it was like really, really disorienting. Um, but I kept it off. Like I got used to it. Uh, but it is, I didn't get disoriented at all when I first moved in. So I can tell, I, I've never seen any other game do that. But all they do is, is constrict your field of view when you're moving and it totally negates the nausea, um, which is neat. I, I, it's, it's interesting that that works. Um, I'll be interested to see if, if other games that'll that. probably take yeah I, I bet you people will adopt that <clears throat> that because that seems like a better system than like teleporting around uh which is it just kind of narrows you in is the effect smooth 
it just yeah it just narrows your field of view you can and still it, it see opens back up you. once you stop right when you stop it opens back up yeah um it, it's it's weird at first but you kind of get used to it and i don't think it would work in necessarily all games where like don't want to constrict the field of view but i could imagine for some vr experiences that would be a lot better than trying to make people teleport around which is really really unnatural feeling um so yeah i i go is fucking amazing it's just so cool you have to try Google Earth. You have to, to do it. It's fucking ridiculous. And uh, you can also turn off the thing. Like, it restricts you to a certain altitude normally, and you can turn that off and make yourself human-sized. Like, if you, if you zoom in all the way, you are human-sized. You're, like, six feet tall, I guess. And obviously it looks like shit because it's satellite imagery, but it's still really cool to, like, go to some famous place on Earth make yourself really tiny and see how big it is. Like, go in front of the Eiffel Tower and look up at it. And it's oh, low cool. quality and weird, but you, you get that sense of scale really, really well. But and, there's uh, no, like, there's no transition between, like, a panoramic shot and that? Because that well, seems like the next step. I think that is the next step. I think that I th they need to figure out how to get street view images to show up. At least in cities, especially. I mean, some sometimes with the cities, the buildings look really good because, like, it seems like they've someone has like gone to like the, the detail of like modeling how it actually is rather than going off of like the altitude data. Uh, but but the 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 imagery could be a lot higher quality. I want to like go through the streets of New York and see the street view of it, and I feel That'd like cool. that shouldn't be out of our realm of possibility because already in Street View, and they've been doing this for years and years and years, as far as I can remember, Street View existing. Um, if you drag your mouse around something on Street View, it'll kind of give you a, a rough approximation of where a building is. It'll say, like, this is a building, and you move your mouse around, and it has, like, a 3D yeah, yeah. thing moving around on the building. And so they should be able to just put that data into Google Maps. It's as easy as that, right? You just control C, control V, and, uh, and it works. But... It, but yeah, I I really think that there's a lot. It'll be really cool to see them. Hopefully, uh, I, I imagine they will, of course, update Google Earth, and then Google Earth VR is just a you know an extension of that. So um, I, I I'm really excited for that. Already, you can like go inside of buildings and stuff in um, Street View. Apparently, like there's like if a shop has had some kind of panoramic thing in it, then you can like go into the store. I guess. Uh, so I don't know. There's a lot of possibility for that stuff. It's really fucking cool. Um, I, I can't even describe the feeling of just standing on a city and just like looking around at the fucking skyscrapers and stuff and then like zooming down to human size and seeing how big it really is. And whew, it's cool. Um, I'll get the second J for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. Uh... I see Valhalla on here. I saw uh, Matthew Matosis' video on it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what actually thought. kind of got me to get it. was like, oh, Matthew Matosis is... I, I, I'd heard of it, um, and it just seemed like this goofy thing, and I was like, well, fuck it. Maybe I'll try it out. Uh, it's it's a visual novel. It's There's basically no gameplay. Uh, I think he compared it to Papers, Please, and I, that, that, that comparison doesn't apply. I... If he made any comparison between those two games, it's unfair. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't apply, uh, in my opinion, because Valhalla is literally just clicking your way through a story. And then someone will ask for a drink, and you look up a list of drinks and, and drag the ingredients into the cup and mix them, 
and that's making it the drink and there's no challenge there whatsoever it's really really simplistic um so it's not papers please it, papers please it, it it's gotten me thinking a lot about papers please because i saw his video and papers please is a huge achievement in gaming i think one of i think one of the games that has come closest to that has gone farthest with the games as art medium like I, like they papers please is art as far as games can get because you well everything uh, that that fucking game let me talk about papers please for just a second just indulge me papers please is one of the very few games that actually successfully integrates gameplay and story to a meaningful extent it's not choosing dialogue options or anything like that it's your performance in the game directly affects the story in extremely significant ways, in ways that you care about. Uh, and that's really, really cool. And I, there's, I can't even think of another game that even goes that far. Um, and, oh God, I, I, it's hard to just pull this out of my brain. Like, I want to write down my thoughts, but it, Papers, Papers Please is an achievement. And um, on, on every level. Papers, Please is one of my favorite games of all time. It's, it's fantastic. And, uh, and this, this, this shouldn't be compared to it. It's unfair to this game to compare it to Papers, Please. Uh, and it's definitely unfair to Papers, Please to compare it to this game. Um, but this is just a, it's just a silly anime bullshit cyberpunk learn about these characters, have them talk about themselves while they're at your bar thing. Um, if, if that interests you, go for it. But it's not Papers, Please at all. It's not even a video game. Um, okay. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's all I really have to say about that. But um, uh, Hyperlight Drifter played a little bit of that. I played two or three hours. Uh, still not sure how I feel about that game. That game drops you in with very little instruction. Expects you to figure things out, and I've kind of struggled with that in a few places where it's like, uh, what do I do here? what is this game trying to tell me here? Uh, and I don't think it's always interesting. It's just kind of obnoxious sometimes. I mean, I see what they're going for. Uh, I think they're kind of trying to be like that feeling of playing Dark Souls for the first time and trying to figure everything out. But uh, It kind of just looked uh, cryptic to me. It's, it, I think it's needlessly cryptic in a lot of ways. I, I, I like some of its crypticism, but a lot of it is just kind of pointless to me and, 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 and annoying. Uh, it has a very good style. It is a stylish as fuck game. I, I don't love like the pixel art stuff in general, but um, it, it does what you need to do with that and makes it very stylish. Um, it's fun to play. The gameplay is good. I just... I'm going to play more of it, but like I don't know if I'm willing to learn all the shit that it wants me to learn. Let's see. Like, I don't want it to be a puzzle game. I just want to fight and have fun with it. And, and I, I, I don't... Maybe you should just play Fury. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I might check out Fury. You but uh, I, I just hope Hyper Light Drifter rewards you for the pain that it puts you through. Um, because it's, it's annoying having to get stuck in places and like say, like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? Uh, but anyway. Um, oh, oh, uh... Before I forget, a Nero Automata. The demo came out. You can play it right now and on yeah, PS4. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard some stuff about that. Demo. Yeah, yeah. 
I only got what? to play like 20 minutes or less, probably 10 minutes before so we started this podcast. Didn't get to the rules of nature part, I think. I fought the big saw arm. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, where you take off the arm and you hit it with its own arm. No, no, it didn't do that. Okay, okay. no. Uh, but I just fought like a room of enemies in this big saw thing. And uh, the, the little snip of gameplay I, I had there, it was everything I wanted it to be so cool. It's such a cool game to play. And it feels like the original Nier somehow. But just actually pleasant to experience. <laughs> like, that's really cool. And I'm surprised people are really, really pumped about that game. Like, I'm seeing a lot of buzz about it. I that's what immediately as soon as we're done, that's what I'm gonna play. But yeah. uh, I in the menu, I was going through the menu, and you have like these chips that apparently augment your character somehow. I don't know what they all do, but there's one chip which is your OS chip, and. If you remove it, you die, and the game is over, and you go to the title screen. Wow. It, it's just a nice little touch. If You probably don't care, and this game is kind of old, but if you care about sto- spoilers for the original Nier, then I guess you can turn your ears off for a second. At the end of the game, you can choose to, like, there's this character that you can save, and you can only do it by sacrificing yourself. But it's not just like you choose to die or something. You erase all traces of your character from history. You, complete... you, you erase your save? Well, you do, but you completely, like, in the game's story world, yeah. you scrub any trace of yourself ever having existed. And so it goes through not just, like, deleting your save, but it deletes every item in your inventory in front of you, every entry on your quest log, that's Every Kojima ass shit right there. Yeah, it really, really is, and uh, and then it finally deletes your save at the end of all that. And so already with that little OS chip killing you <laughs> if you unequip yeah. it, it's a uh, it's given me faith that they'll do the same sort of treatment for for this. Because really, there was no question that Platinum is competent in making action games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the little I've played though, this is more than competent. And then two, I'm glad that that creative spark is still there. Like this could really shape up to be a a titan next year. Cool. Um, yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I I'm happy to hear that because the last thing, what was that last game they put out? Um, uh, or Platinum. Is it even out yet? Yeah. The. Um, well, they're making Scalebound. Kid wears Scale Scalebound. Uh, it's not out yet, I guess. It doesn't look good. Yeah, people are kind of disappointed with that. It seems so. Uh, I don't know, I don't hit or miss, it. I guess. Yeah, I don't get it either. I saw one trailer. Game, and... Oh, yeah, they showed the gameplay at E3, and it was just like, my eyes just glazed over. Like, it was the most, like, it was terrible, terrible gameplay. Maybe the maybe they're just presenting it all wrong. I don't know, but that game, yeah. I don't really like, like, the whole snappy character with the headphones and shit either, but whatever. Um, I think I've only got one other game to talk about, which is The Long Dark which is an early access survival game. You ever heard of an early access survival game? Wait, I think I own it. Um, I don't think I play it. Wait, is that like in It's been in early access for a while, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah like it's Canadian winter, winter wilderness. Are you a wolf? Or is that a no. different game? But there is a wolf on the cover art. I know I know. there's a game where you like play a little otter or something. Or a uh, wolf. Uh, what am I thinking of there? Uh, you're thinking of... Uh, oh, shit. 
it's called something simple like survive or something like that um, that i immediately got bored of that's a stupid ass game i played all i played that all the way through i i appreciate what they tried to do with that game it is a dumb it didn't do what i it was yeah but um okay but the long dark different game the long dark is a different game but the long you're another wolf is there's some story concept behind what's going on where there's like an electromagnetic problem with the earth or something and all the animals have gone crazy or some stupid shit like that they haven't done the story mode yet so it's just sandbox sandbox survival but apparently there's some sort of story mode that they're going to do in the future but the sandbox survival stuff so far i'm really impressed i think i played i probably played two or three hours of it um i've survived for two full days um i'm just beginning my third day and the, the concept is that you just start and you have a, you have a, a actually a pretty extensive list of things to keep you alive uh it's like it's like you've been out hiking and you brought your first aid kit and you brought all sorts of stuff with you um but it's not enough to survive and um you gotta go searching for stuff and there's some houses and stuff that you can find there's different areas i've only played like the beginning area but there's apparently it's a pretty it's actually it seems pretty expansive there's there's kind of different difficulty levels that coincide with the different areas and there's six or seven of them i think then there's some like challenge mode stuff where it's like okay you have to climb the mountain and get the flare gun and then go climb the lighthouse and launch the flare gun in six days which that stuff sounds cool once you get the game down but like i haven't I got, i've gone in blind i've struggled with some, some bits of the game where i feel like i just don't understand stuff but uh it's really cool just going in blind and trying to survive and picking up shit and being like well i've got this string and a hook and I can make a fishing hook out of that, but the whole lake is frozen over. But then there's these little huts over the lake where they they break the holes to fish in. And so there's like some holes that are kind of broken, but you have to get a hatchet to break them all the way. And then you can fish and then you get your fish. And if you want to cook it, you can cook it. And if you don't cook it, you might get sick. And I read, all that kind of shit. I just read that there was supposed to be a story mode released in late 2016. Is that in there? That sounds right. No, it's not in there. It's an early access game, which means that it's not going to ever come out. Uh, but no, but it is, I think, I got it for, on sale for like, I think, I want to say like $12 or $10 or something like that. And it definitely seems worth that, at least. Uh, just the survival sandbox stuff is really cool. It's really, it's a lot deeper than I thought. There's a whole lot of items, it seems. Um, the weather system is really dynamic. Like, it shows you the temperature. And there's there's kind of there's like blizzards and and at night it's it's really really cold and so you kind of want to only go out during the day and your character has a lot of different meters that go up and down and that that make a lot of sense so uh, I'm actually really impressed with it I, I like it um, okay. so far uh, I don't know how I don't know how much replayability it'll have necessarily but it does seem like one of those games where like you set challenges for yourself like goals and like you're, you can get better at it. You know, it seems like one of those games that, like, there's probably experts out there that survive with no problem. But for a beginner, I'm really proud of myself for surviving for two days in that game. Um, but I've got a... There's some wolves nearby, and I think they're guarding a food source that I need, so I'm going to have to find some way to get through the wolves, but I don't have any weapons. I haven't found any, and so... I, I've never been all that into survival games. I... Maybe I, I just like don't them get concepts. them, but um, I have more respect for them than I actually enjoy playing them. 
Well, most of them I feel like miss the mark, at least for what I want out of them. Um, because a lot of them always, uh, I'd say the majority of them, it's really easy to survive. It's just a matter of like building your base up and that kind of stuff. And like, I, I guess a lot of people enjoy that, like the Minecraft element of it. Uh, I like a game that, the thing I like about The Long Dark is like, this game is trying to kill you. Like, it really feels like it's trying to kill you. And so survival is the challenge and there's no like, oh, you know, build your little house or whatever. It, it's, it, it seems like very, the whole goal is to survive and you're working every minute to do that. Is there any shelter? Yes, there are houses and stuff that you can go in. They're not, there's no power or anything like that. So you have to like start a fire if you want warmth. But usually it's warm enough in the house. I don't know if there's any, in, like any instance where you would go in the house and die of, of like frostbite or anything. But, um, but yeah, it, there, there's shelter. The shelter, the problem is like you have to go out and find food and stuff and supplies and that kind of thing. And like, you can like break bones and stuff like that, and you have to like apply medical treatment to yourself. But you you can only walk really slowly. And it seems like the biggest threat is is the wildlife. Is like wolves and bears will try to eat you, uh, and it's hard to find weapons apparently because I haven't found any. But um, I, I like it. I'm I'm impressed with it. Uh, and that's it. I think that's that's what I've been playing. You've been playing a lot more video games than me. I'm jealous. Well, I mean, they're all small video games. You know, I've only played two or three hours of a lot of those. But uh... and I played like forty hours of Dishonored too. So. Yeah. Um, but um, I did see a couple of movies. I saw Ex Machina. It was good, and I saw Sicario, which was good. Um, Ex Machina, not all that much to say. It's just a very. I mean, did you did you like it all the way through, or were you like disappointed by the ending, or what? I really like the ending. I don't want to spoil it necessarily because I think people really should go see it. And I, think I really like the ending because that... it kind of uh was a no holding back worst case ai scenario <laughs> yeah um, I, I liked it too um I, and I, re some... I really liked how <laughs> to avoid spoiling i liked how the uh oscar isaac guy i like how he lost mm -hmm. and how the protagonist was exploited mm -hmm. like the, all yeah. that worked very well it felt like they were just beat. <laughs> that humans were just beat. I liked the thing I liked most about that movie is is that movie has and and this this is something that shares a lot with Sicario, the sense of like foreboding and dread and and like something is horribly wrong here, uh, is really really palpable in Ex Machina, where like I I don't know about you but like it's not even really a horror movie. But it has the feel of a horror movie, and I got the same kind of effect that a horror movie, like a good horror movie, gives me. Where it's like I'm uncomfortable with the situation happening on the screen right now. Um, I thought it was super effective. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, I. Some people don't like the ending. Apparently, uh, I don't. I don't know. know I, I don't know what the general is. consensus is. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It was fine. Yeah, it seems like uh, some of the issues people have, like why. Eh, I don't want to. I don't want to be too specific, so I'll just skip it. Nah. But Sicario was very, very cool. Um, that guy's a, a, a bomb ass director, 
He's Dylan, Dennis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yeah. yeah. And he's making the new Blade Runner movie. Yes, he is. Yeah, Blade Runner 2049, which got a trailer recently, and it looks good. I'm surprised. I'm shocked. I mean, I, I didn't know he was attached how, to it, but... Neither until I saw the trailer. I saw his name pop up on trailer. Uh, I don't know if it was announced beforehand or not. It probably was, but I, I wasn't paying enough attention. Because when I first heard about the Blade Runner sequel, I was like, well, fuck that. That's just stupid and annoying and a cash grab, and it's going to be bad. And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, well, this... I'm going to dig in with, their, with this trailer. And then his name popped up, and I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. It's good. It's going to be good. Holy good shit. hands for that to be in. Yeah. And and the trailer, I, I like how it seems to be just a straight-up sequel. <laughs> it's Blade Runner, man. I, I mean, the scene that they show in the trailer isn't necessarily like a very Blade Runner-looking Runner scene, I guess. I, I, that's fine. Um, but then they, they pop up the title card, and it plays that fucking music from the beginning of Blade Runner, and I was I fanboyed a little bit. I was like, holy shit, I'm ready for this. Um, uh, yeah, I actually, that's one of my most anticipated movies now, just because his name's attached to it. Uh, and I like, I like Ryan Gosling. I think he's a good choice for a Blade Runner dude. Um, I, don't know how, I don't know about bringing back Harrison Ford. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll, I'll have to watch the movie first to see. I, I also, speaking of Harrison Ford, I also saw Rogue One. Didn't. Uh, I also saw after seeing the movie. I saw because um, I like the Red Letter Media guys. I saw their yeah. half in the bag. I on. did watch that. I really disagree with them. Um, yeah. it, it's not a great movie, obviously, but it's it's a pretty good movie, and I think it's better than Force Awakens. Definitely, uh, it's maybe even I liked it more than Jedi. That might just be because I saw it recently, but uh, it was a a unique kind of story for that universe and um it 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 was a good tragedy everything goes wrong they succeed but the costs are total and uh it doesn't really hold back so yeah it it was a cool movie i i'd recommend seeing it if you're if you're interested in star wars yeah. it's definitely more like of like a must say- it's a must, more of a must-see if you like Star Wars than Force Awakens is. Yeah, I feel like it's fine to say spoilers about Star Wars because if, if, if That's you care, you, you know. Uh, they all die at the end. I know that much. They do. Uh, and I guess you would, I guess you would that anyway going in if you knew the story. Because, like, the whole concept is they died. Like, like Princess Leia, I think, says they died, like, about them in the... In episode four but anyway uh they they uh it seems like tell me if i'm wrong i did watch the red letter man and i watched the uh the other video they put out the plinket review that was like seven minutes long um it seems like what they done with that movie is they've made it a war movie they said like let's make a war movie in star wars it's not a war that's movie. what i got from the trailer it's not a war movie it's Okay, it's not the fun, rollicking space adventure that the original trilogy is at all. But it's not a war movie. It's not Saving Private Ryan. It's more like we're on a mission. It's more like a a Mission Impossible type of movie, but where everyone fails instead of... Call that a heist movie. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it it definitely is more of a heist. No, 
not that <laughs> but it is a heist movie rather than a war movie it's not accurate to say that it's a war movie there is violence but it's not like oh look at the horrors of war it's it's like this ragtag team and they're, they're on a mission and the stakes are high and they succeed but the costs are massive and the death star and darth vader i thought were handled pretty well specifically in how threatening they were so you've probably seen the force awakens i imagine and yeah. you'll know that they have the new death star the star killer base and it kills 80 planets instead of one planet yeah and that was pretty limp <laughs> to me but in yeah, this movie they're not quite done with the death star but they're like testing it to prove that it works and so they just destroy one city with it but it's not it's like a nuke almost but like a super yeah. mega nuke where it destroys the city and then kind of penetrates into the earth and just continues to ripple out and destroy everything around it but not the entire planet so it it leaves like a moon-sized crater almost in the planet and something about seeing that from the ground it it was more uh threatening than the death star has been sure uh, you know the, but, the original was done very well, but I'm not going to But how threatening is it when you already know that the Death Star goes on to destroy Alderaan and then get destroyed in the, in the next movie that actually matters? Yeah, sure, whatever. I get it. I get all I, that. I, I, I didn't know that the plot was what it was going in. Like, I, I actually, I only learned anything about this movie really in like the last week and a half. Um, it so did I had enough. no idea that that's what it was. It did enough to communicate the importance of getting the plans for it to be able to destroy it and it also answered uh something that i think only nitpickers cared about which is why was there a a shoot that blew up the whole death star when you shot it that's stupid uh, whatever no, it uh, well yeah, yeah as a complaint whatever <laughs> but they actually kind of played with that and they made it an intentionally designed flaw by somebody who was forced to design the death star for the empire who didn't like them that's the main character's father, played by Mads Mikkelsen. And, uh, oh, it, it works. Like it works. Just If you Good. watch it, you'll probably like it, because um, it's, it's, it's one of the major characters of the film. And I'm confident that I will enjoy that movie. I will watch it eventually. I don't know when. I don't know if I'll bother seeing it in theaters. Uh, but the other... I, I... Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, like, Disney needed to do this if they're planning what they are definitely planning with Star Wars is to basically have a new movie every year. It's the fucking Marvel thing all over again. Mm. They needed to say, well, we need to be willing to make different genres of Star Wars because they can't all be a, a space, space adventure. adventure. Yeah, it just yeah, you could possibly keep that going. The fatigue would 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 start wearing on people very quickly. Um, so I can't blame Disney for making the choice to like say, well, we're gonna. We're going to do this kind of different tone, different theme, different story. Uh, but I, I guess that's what I really am annoyed with, is, is the fact that Disney is making Star Wars what it is, which is a larger issue. But, like, I don't want to see that. I don't want... It's the same... I've, I've, I've dealt, we've talked about this before with the video games, where it's, like, my whole problem with, like, Knights of the Old Republic, which is supposed to be this great game, I don't care about the Star Wars universe. I don't want to learn about the Sith and the Jedi and their history. Yeah, neither do I. The planets. It's not an interesting universe. There's a reason that the stories are very yeah, simple. Yeah, I, I agree, which is 
Part of what I liked about this is that it was definitely just much more of a heist movie than a movie exploring the Star Wars universe. Sure. There's very little, like, proper name introduction. I mean, there are, but they're pretty disposable, and they serve their purpose within this movie, and they aren't, did, like... Did you like the characters? I did! And that's okay. something that I thought they were just totally wrong about. I really liked the characters. Um, they were not as fun as you know, the original trilogy and, and Force Awakens, because they weren't yeah, trying to be. Force Awakens, I thought, did such a great job with the characters. They and, did. And Red Letter Media is not the only place I've heard that these characters are just kind of not, not all that they're not. Great. They're not the best. There is a standout. Like, I really like the Asian monk guy. That's what, that's, yeah, that's what I've heard. a real standout and gives the movie a lot of heart. And there's, like, a scene where he's chanting about the Force and just walking through a bunch of bullets without getting hit. Because it's implied that he doesn't actually have any force abilities. He just respects it a lot. And uh, so it's a it's a very cool moment. And um, they, they earn a lot of the emotional towel wringing that they do in the last act of the movie. Um, it, yeah, again, not like a total success. But I hear people saying, like, these are totally unlikable characters and they're paper thin. No, they're just basic they they do what exactly what they have to do for this heist movie where everyone dies. And uh, the one last thing I want to say about it is the way they handled Darth Vader. There is a little bit of nostalgia milking in the first scene that they have him in, but the last scene that he's in, uh, it's not the best Darth Vader scene because that is obviously in the second movie where he confronts Luke. And, like, the best parts of Darth Vader were never that he's such a badass... It was, like, the <clears throat> character and what that was. But this movie, there's one scene that I don't want to get into the particulars about where they really kind of sell the legend that they always implied he was in the original trilogy where he was the right hand of the Emperor, terrifying to meet. And that's exactly what he was in this scene, like, a real menace. Just, yeah. uh, yeah. It's guy. it's a movie worth seeing if you like Star Wars, and I liked it more than Force Awakens by a good a good bit. I'm shocked to hear that. The story's better. I, I mean, I didn't love Force Awakens, but I thought it was effective. I, I thought that they it's effective accomplished but... most of what they set out to do, and and I sure they did. But this is a new story. story that that wasn't a new story. You're right. I, that was it was a bad story, really. I, it was it was just the exact same thing, a whole lot added onto it. To, to make it interesting, including character arc, which is important. But, uh, I, I, yeah, okay. I, 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 and this I, does I a lot less just blatant milking of the old characters and, like, plot elements. So. Yeah, yeah. My problem with it, though, and someone mentioned this in chat, someone stole my thunder, but uh, it, it's a Halo Reach story, right? Where it's, like, familiar with Halo Reach. Yeah. It, yeah. I got some vibes of that. At the end of uh, this movie. And I liked Halo Reach, but I always felt like it was pointless. Like, I, I finished the game and I was like, all right. And going through that game, I just didn't care about the story that much because it's like, well, Reach is going to explode and that's that. And and then they introduce a little bit of a more interesting thing in the end where, like, okay, you're, like, getting Cortana and, and, and putting her on the ship. But then that ended up just kind of feeling like it was just put in there because why not it's something to tie to the next game and and it just the, the story which has always been the weakest thing to me um 
so when I heard that that's what this movie was, I was kind of like, but it's it's better than well, okay. There's nothing that matches that last sequence in Halo Reach, where that was a great sequence. Yeah, exactly. There's a similar feeling when they're all dying at the end, but sure. uh, what it has that Reach doesn't is like some basically competent characters and the girl <laughs> yeah. with her father that was good and mads mickelson does a really good job of selling it like that was a that worked for me i i just don't agree that that was a bad set of characters someone in chat said war two movies are good even though you know the outcome no the outcome of world war two movie isn't the the allies win against the axis it's it's a constricted story about usually characters and and something that they go through and and you don't necessarily know the outcome uh regardless even though if you know the outcome or not it's hard to build a story a smaller story that sets up a larger story to me like that's a really really intimidating prospect because it's like care about this tiny little story that's just leading up to a story i already know that's a much bigger thing i think that works when the bigger story you're building up to is like become an iconic part of popular culture like halo is definitely not on the scale the star wars was but by the time that the halo i know right the time that the halo trilogy was over it was like that's done it's untouchable and so i was totally willing to just see see this i i don't know i just am not bothered by that in the same way i guess i that's fine to me Uh I gotta see it, at least from a clinical perspective. But I'm, I'm, well, like I said, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Like it seems like a competently made movie at the very yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. But, it's uh, what's the the question is? Do you will you like it as much as The Force Awakens? And uh, I, yeah. Star Wars has never been my favorite movies. They're good, but I, I'm not like a super fan of them. I don't. If I had to like pick a classic movie to rewatch, The Empire Strikes Back would probably be like hundreds down that list. I mean, it's never been my my big thing, so I was pretty happy to see them do a heist movie instead. Yeah, I, I am one of those people that with Star Wars, specifically Episode Four, I could watch any of those movies and say like, if, if we're bored. I've got someone over and they're bored, and they're like, hey, you want to watch a Star Wars movie? I'd be like, well, sure, why not? I I, I like those movies a lot. And so I, I think they, The Force Awakens, the thing that I think The Force Awakens accomplished is like that same kind of like, well, it's it's a simple enough thing. It's effective at at telling this simple story and, 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 and have it, like everything, all the little stuff is right, where it's like, Okay, likable yeah. characters, interesting action scenes, uh, very well paced, you know, uh, and and that's what makes the original Star Wars movies good too. Is like really the the simple stuff that they got right um, because the overall story, like whatever, doesn't even really matter for the most part. But uh, I, I, so maybe maybe from that perspective, this could accomplish being a good Star Wars movie if if you're looking at it as like, well, get the little stuff right regardless of the overall story and how much you care about it or even how much you care about the characters. They do get some little things wrong here. They do get a lot of little things wrong. Like what? 
like there's uh the protagonist mentor character kind of raised her farce whitaker plays him and uh i just think they kind of didn't do anything with that character that didn't really work for me but like the core of the movie did so like there's little missteps like that yeah. or or just um kind of stupidity in the rebel council or or like yeah. a, a, a contrived speech that the protagonist gives about fighting and but like the basic character oh, arc which oh, essentially yeah, here speech. the cringeworthy part of the trailer for me was i'm a rebel i rebel that's just yeah. kind of made me groan but the basic character arc is that she was like forced to flee as a kid and it's kind of just been apathetic survivalist that was her outlook on things and then when she gets roped into the rebel alliance stuff she kind of i don't know appreciates the stakes and then eventually decides to sacrifice everything for something greater when she didn't care before and that basic character arc it works and it's different from the basic character arc that Star Wars has been doing for 40 years. So, you know what? I liked it. Alright. Well, not much else to say about that, at least until I see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should talk about that. Alright. So, moving uh... on. Last Guardian came out. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, um, I'm actually kind of... I wrote in the show notes, Last Guardian, apparently a piece of shit. Yeah. But uh, since then, since then, um, Matthew Matosis said it's his favorite game of the year. That's, yeah. Hasn't oh, justified that with any specific points yet. And uh, I've seen gameplay. I haven't played it. Good friend of mine, though, has played it. And he said that he honestly didn't enjoy any of it. Wow. That the dog AI was kind of interesting sometimes, but that most of the time it just doesn't work and not it's not like it doesn't work in the sense that oh it's an animal and doesn't totally respond to you it just feels like jer like it's jerking around and doing stupid things and that sure. the the controlling of the boy character also doesn't work and that the story felt like it meant nothing and uh i don't know i matthew matosis is the only individual i know of who has anything positive to say about this game? Oh, so. someone in chat as well, apparently. I, I I have not heard that it's a piece of shit. I I haven't heard until you until you saying it right here. I it's never been my option that anyone thought it was bad as much as just disappointing, maybe or not perfect or severely lacking in certain areas. I, I was always under the impression that like people like it, but it's not that impressive. That they're just kind of like whatever. Uh, which is to me is, is pretty disappointing. <laughs> uh, disappointing enough that I didn't go out of my way to play it, which I was going to have to go out of my way to play it because uh, I don't have a PS4. And so definitely not worth buying a PS4 for. Uh, I, I don't know. It, I haven't heard terrible things about it. I have. <laughs> I heard that <laughs> yeah, it, it runs like a slideshow. Without it, a does work, it does. I've seen some of the problems with it running. Although it does seem to be like well, it's loading a new area or something, and the frame rate drops horribly, and then and then it kind of no. gets semi-stable. No. Uh, from first-hand, or sorry, second-hand account from my buddy, uh, there are entire areas where it's just single-digit frame rates the entire time you're there. Ugh. And it has nothing to do with loading, 
that when you're in certain locations, that's how it is. Maybe they'll patch it, maybe they already did, but um, it's not just a loading thing. It's it's whole areas of Yeah, bad. that's unacceptable. And uh, I don't know, man. It's it's nothing I can personally speak to because I don't I haven't felt how it controls, but I just heard it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What could we expect? Expect really? I'll. <laughs> I, we I were, might we buy were it. Expecting a lot. I might buy it when it comes down in price, which will probably happen pretty quick because I know that um, Team Myco games aren't like not popular. Yeah, they're not hot hot items months after they come out so maybe a 40 dollar purchase or something like that but i i would need to hear why people like it so much because i heard the story doesn't do it and that the controls are ass and the gameplay footage i've seen of the controls it suggests that that's true so the thing that i've heard that is the thing to like about that game is is your relationship with the bug bird um that it's catbird, whatever it is, uh, that, that you you have to kind of put yourself in a mindset where you do see it as just a real animal, and and maybe that doesn't excuse all the AI problems or whatever. But like I've heard, it, it seems like when people put themselves in that mindset and they go in with an open mind and say like, all right, I'm gonna get to know this fictional creature, it pays off. But um, I hope that's true. Yeah. And that would be impossible to portray in gameplay footage, you know? You have to play the game through to, to get that sense. Sure, of, of... but when I see, like, just basic, simple movements causing the dog's neck to literally stretch out like a piece of spaghetti, and and that yeah, happens, like, bit, not just, not infrequently. I don't yeah. know. The thing that the thing that puts me off is if the frame rate's really that bad, That's that's awful um i can't stand anything under 30 frames so yeah but yeah i we'll see i'll probably play it eventually but 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 i no longer have that urgency to play it basically that's 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 what i came out of like those first few days where people were talking about it was like oh well i guess i don't need to play this game um not right away at least if uh, i'll just need to hear why people like it so much I yeah. guess that's the dog, the relationship with Trico, but uh, we'll see. I, I hope Matthew Matosis ends up making a video. I'd be interested to hear his thoughts. But uh, alright, um, there's not a lot of news, and I feel like there's probably more news than we put down because it's been a while and, and I've forgotten. But there's a couple major things. The Nintendo Switch was shown, like kind of for the first time in action, on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, great venue. Uh, this was a while ago, but but we haven't had a podcast since then. There's not much to say about it, really. It, it, it was really just proving that it fucking worked. That, like, you seamlessly, you know, take it off the thing, and it goes from TV to handheld and works well, it seems. And he, Jimmy Fallon, moved Zelda around. I mean, not Zelda. Moved the link around on the screen and, and surfed on the shield. So that's a thing. Um... I, I, I'm really interested to see how they pull off Nintendo Switch because it seems like the graphics are trying more than they can accomplish, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Super Mario Run came out. That's stupid. It's a mobile game. Uh, and I found out that game I 
talking about before. I, there's not much to say about this, but I want to try it really bad. I'm probably going to get my hands on the PS4 in the next couple of weeks, not necessarily to own, but I keep borrowing it from my brother-in-law. Uh, free game on the PS4 called Let It Die. And if you've seen people Let it die. with avatars Your mic have cut out a skeleton so wearing saying it, so. eye. Let It Die? Yes. Okay. If you've seen people online with with avatars that are, are skeleton wearing sunglasses and a hoodie, <laughs> that's what Let It Die, that's from Let It Die. Uh, okay. It seems kind of great. It seems really cool. I I really want to play it. Um, it's it's. I don't know if it's randomly generated or not, but it's kind of dungeon crawler. Um, and you go through like different levels and it, it has Dark Souls-esque combat and you come back to a hub and you buy and sell things, et cetera, et cetera. And there's some multiplayer element where you can like raid other people's hubs, I guess, or their characters or something like that. I, I don't know that much about the game, but it sounds kind of amazing. And I really, really like the, the skeleton that wears sunglasses. His name's Uncle Death. And he, he tutorializes for you. And when you're playing the game, you can get like these glory kills, like, like ultra-violent executions, basically. And, and Uncle Death comes up from the side of the screen from a random direction and says something like, yeah, or, or something like that. And it's just so fucking stupid. I love it. It's great. I, I, that game seems like it really nails a fun style. Uh, and, and it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like good Dark Souls-esque kind of combat. So it, it's I heard it's pretty bogged down with free-to-play shit, though. I haven't heard that it's bogged down, but I'm sure it has a ton of that shit in it. It's a free-to-play game. But um, I, I've heard of people playing out of that game without paying anything and having a good time. So I don't, I'll try. Well, maybe, maybe when you get later on, it starts getting worse because that's how you would do it if you were making a free-to-play game. Oh, right. But right. I don't yeah. know. What I have to lose. I'll try it. Uh, uh, oh, right. yeah. That's uh, all I said. Frog Fractions 2. Got a stealth oh, yeah. release. Yeah, I uh, I really liked Frog Fractions, actually. That's like a really fun little cool thing. I have no idea what Frog Fractions 2 is still. It, I heard that it was released and that it was some game called... Uh, oh, fuck, what like was it called? Like some fairy gumdrop... Uh, like, it looks like, it, it looks like uh, green light garbage, basically. Like, like right. a kid's game that someone made who doesn't know how to make games, really. But I, I guess Frog Fractions 2 is in it, or is it? Yeah, or it's like something like that. You somehow I know nothing do else. something, and it took people like two weeks to find it. Yeah, it's been but, going on for like, like there's been like an ARG for like a full year now, where like they've been going out to indie developers and getting them to put little hints in their game to figure out the ARG to play Frog Fractions Two. Littermit and Grove is crazy. the name of the game Frog yeah. Fractions Two is in. That shit is crazy. I'm gonna have to check it out, I guess. Uh, now, part of me is. Uh, I don't know how this will possibly live up to the first game because this the novelty it is what. Yeah. yeah like if anything, I'll see this as a twenty dollars donation to the creators of Frog Fraction. Yeah, the, really, the only thing that the first game does so well is is shock you. Yeah. Uh, like like it's completely unexpected, and so Frog Fraction is too. Like you're going in with an initial expectation of that, which means it, it can't be. I'm probably gonna look up a video of someone playing it because I don't want to like pay for something that okay. like I, I I can't imagine myself enjoying it that much. But I'm really curious what they do with it, you know? 
Yeah, but, yeah. I don't think there's anything that we'll be able to compare to the moment in Frog Fractions One, not. where you, where you're in the the courtroom and then it becomes a, a DDR challenge. <laughs> like that was so nice. That, that shit's crazy. Um, but it, but it's it's a very unique, one of a kind, one off thing that I it doesn't need a sequel. But I'm really curious to see what the sequel is, and I love the way that they put the sequel out. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's Adult all. Swim Adult Swim actually published it for them. That's not surprising. It's okay. Yeah, um that's about it. I mean, nothing else to say. I actually uh indulged in another 1070 that'll be coming this week. Oh. Yeah. My God. Yeah. So, I I just decided cuz I was playing Dishonored 2 and I realized I could run it at 60 FPS, no problem at 2K. But at 4K, it was still like 45 on Ultra, so I'm like, you Jesus. know what? Fuck it. I'm going to play glad that I, anything. I know I don't have to feel like I spend an unreasonable amount of money <laughs> on a 1070 and VR and all that shit. Now I know you're spending an unreasonable amount of money, too. So Yeah, it's... All right. There you go. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Um, I'm sorry about the technical issues tonight. Um, I just... Wait. So listen, apparently you can port your Mass Effect 2 save file into... Frog Fractions 2? <laughs> what? Excuse really me? That's true. <laughs> that's, that, okay, that's great. I'm, oh god. I really need to look, <laughs> look that shit up and see what's going on. That's, that's great. Alright. Okay. That was the first episode 97. Yes. 2016. Are you making an end of the year video? I'm going to. I uh, think I'm going to, but I I haven't found the time really, and I, I think might it's be gonna be really late, but I'm planning on it. I think it's gonna have to be a little shorter, but uh, I, I want to do it. Um, it's just hard to make videos lately, that, man. Like, whenever you start making a video, it's like, well, you know, I don't want this thing to be too long, and then you end up like making like a 20 minute video, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I it's really because I haven't played all that well. Now I can at least I added like five games over the last couple weeks, um, but I haven't played that many new releases. I've missed that's, some big ones. Yeah, like that's that. what I'm, I'll be a little embarrassed shit. about is that uh, I've yeah, got, but... like, two games on there. You know, in the last year in review video, I said, like, I couldn't get enough of Witcher 3 or something. I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> I haven't. Uh, yeah. I've gone months without playing it, actually, and I, lo I love it. I you don't know to, why. You need, I need to finish. To... Fucking finish Witcher 3. Actually play the DLC. Holy shit, you need to play the DLC. I got yeah I agree there, and there's nothing I don't like about it I really yeah. really enjoy I'm it. I'm kind of the same yeah I mean I, I totally understand that I I stopped playing Witcher three for maybe maybe not that long but I stopped playing for a good good bit so I understand. I'll, I need to go I need to finish that. Got to do it. Yep. You okay. Do. All right. How far did you get? I uh ooh I think I'm like I think we, I think at the this. end of the is it Novograd the city. Yeah, like like you have you gotten to the Skellige Islands? Yeah, I, I've done a lot on Skellige. Some stuff with Yennefer. I told her I didn't love her anymore. Wah, wah. Oh fuck yeah, you're a Triss guy. Oh my god. Only because um, uh, Witcher Two is my first game. That uh, gotta stick with that. But uh, whatever. Um, they're both good characters. If you have done a lot on Skellige already, you are in the last bit of that game okay like, right. like you're about to enter into the i would call the final act i don't know if they actually have acts in the winter three i don't remember but 
but yeah, that's what you're 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 on I the verge of Act Five. I think if I go back, I will really need to just finish the main story because I yeah. All you know, people talk about how they play these games and like, or people will play New Vegas and they'll say, "Oh, I played for I played New Vegas for five hundred hours and I yeah. still haven't set foot on the strip." I can't play games like that. Uh, I'm so, kind of playing Mankind Divided by like going through all the side quests that I can before moving on with the story, but um, it it's the not story is just so, like it does so, like two or three side quests per mission. So the story is just so much more interesting than. Not to discredit the Witcher two or Witcher three side quests, but the the main story is really good. The the main story it stands out to me more in my head. There are some really good side quests, um, but the main story if if you could call the DLC side quests, which you can't really, I guess they're too long. But um, the DLC is the best stuff in that game. Okay, I only specifically Hearts of Stone is is the best thing in that game. Uh, right. and, and that's not discrediting any of the rest of the game either. I've heard the so, same yeah. from others, so it's fucking amazing. I, I'm inclined to believe it. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I'll sort out the technical stuff for next time. I, I changed over an OBS profile a minute before we went live. It's um, not. It's not without a without realizing that it actually like reset your stream key and like if we ever have audio a, settings. An, so if we ever rough, have an episode sorry. where we if we ever have an episode where we don't have these kinds of issues. It's not us. We've been replaced. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. It's our it's our personality. It's it's it keeps us um unique. Yes, we're we're quirky. We're us. We're yeah. all us. One hundred percent. That's us. how you know it's legit. Okay. See you in two thousand seventeen, guys, and um, hopefully we'll have year end videos out before or around that time. I, I'm gonna I make one. I won't, I won't have it out before the next podcast. I don't. Okay, all right. But we'll see. Peace out.